That's always good when you start off with a laugh. Science, it's great. Pregnant, a uh, young girl, <laughs> teen, doesn't know how to tell her parents. <laughs> Movie freaks. Edward Furlong's in it, too. I am freaking hopeless. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> Hello everyone, welcome to Movie Freaks, the only podcast on the net that says if you think watching horror movies influences people into becoming psychopaths, you haven't seen parents at a fourth grade baseball game. (laughs) I'm Eric Marner. I'm Eugene Weaver. And that is 100% true. (laughs) I can well believe that. Oh boy. Uh, You'll see eventually. Okay. Uh, Yay! <laughs> uh, last week on the roulette, we had the Phoenix Project and Creep, and this yes. is our segment where we force each other to watch uh, movies in the hopes of finding those gems in the rough. So, to either save you the trouble or point you in the right direction. Uh, hey, my... be- before we get started, there uh, we should we should have an unofficial unofficial sponsor tonight. Oh, really? Well, I just listened to uh, oh. Steve and Ty's. Cinema Sidekick, so we have an unofficial sponsor tonight, okay. and that is the e-cigarette, <laughs> bringing you lung cancer-free nicotine for the last several years. God bless you. Back Va- to you. Vaping our way to a quicker death as soon as we yes. possibly can, all under the guise of being healthy. Yes. It's the healthy nicotine. Okay, back to you. <laughs> Hold on. Let me get a drink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sick freak. Yeah. <sighs> scotch, scotch, scotch. Oh, okay. I am too. I just you... cracked open a bottle of Grand McNish. Um, what am I on tonight? That should be our unofficial sponsor. What are you into tonight? Tonight it's uh, Clan McGregor. Mm. Classy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, creep. You go first. Tell me about Creep. Okay. Uh, Creep is a new horror movie on Netflix, and it was one that I had actually read a little bit about prior to prior to even knowing that it was on Netflix. And uh, with Netflix, with these new horror movies on Netflix, they are a complete crapshoot. And I am happy to report, ecstatic to report, actually, this is not only is this good, this is gem in the rough. Oh wow! Uh, this is one that I already cannot wait to watch again. This is when the planets align and everything works within the realm of the budget that the producers and director were working with, which is basically two actors in a cabin in the woods. And I, I am not going to say... I'm going to try to be as vague as possible because you have to watch this movie. Hour and 15 minutes, it breezes by, and the title of the movie is perfect because it's just yucky and creepy and... Uh. <laughs> Uh, but it, there's still some uh, life left in the found footage genre, and they are still finding ways to make it creative and good. Uh, on top of that, though, I will say that for every good one, there is probably five really shitty found footage movies. Or this one here is, yeah. or ten, yeah. <laughs> but this was this was sweet. In fact, this was so good. The last five minutes, I actually rewound and watched it again because it was that good. Oh, nice. Um, and I was hoping they weren't going to brick the ending because this is real slow buildup. But the whole way through, even with a slow buildup, you're you're into it because it's just something's not quite right. It's creepy, uh, is what you're yes. saying. Yes, yeah. yeah, and and there's and 
I'm just don't read up on it. Just watch it. Trust me. Yeah, <laughs> I only watched the, the trailer, the... but I I could pick that up from the trailer. That it, it's and it, also that it maybe is gonna kind of be all about the ending. So it, you're telling me it pays off. Oh uh, yeah, it's a it's a good payoff movie. Yep, just all right. check it out. Yep, that one there was that one might be one of my favorite uh, favorite roulettes that I have watched thus far. Cool. Um, yeah. Well, it's, I will yeah. uh, give it a watch because I'm a big fan of Mark Duplass. So. Yeah. Uh, okay, over on my side, we had The Phoenix Project, 2015. Uh, four, four scientists work to build a device that can bring dead organisms back to life, but they run into a host of unforeseen consequences. And uh, just from that synopsis in the trailer, you're instantly thinking, okay, mad scientist kind of thing, they're going to try and bring some stuff back to life, and Pet cemetery. it's going to go bad, and zombies, and try and kill you. And it's not like that. This is... Uh, much more like Primer. If you haven't mm-hmm. seen, if you have haven't seen that, don't know what that movie is. It's a extremely low budget, uh, probably my favorite time travel movie of all time. Uh, just brilliant independent film. If you haven't seen Primer, definitely check it out. I love that movie. This was not Primer, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was decently shot. It looked like it was shot with a lower budget inexperienced kind of crew it looked like film student uh level you mm-hmm. know what i mean it, every single shot was panning or over the shoulder and slightly shaky every single s- scene was moving the camera was constantly <laughs> moving and that was like that ah oh, that's such a hallmark of a, a student film because it's like now i'm gonna pan left and the next one will pan right and this one we're panning yep. in yeah. Hipstery. Yeah, it was very hipstery. Four dudes move into a house together, and they're all wear button-up shirts and white and tight pants, and look, you know, like, oh, we're just from college, and we're, you know, this is how we dress, and it was, yeah, it was a little, you know, most people just wear t-shirts, <laughs> especially yeah. nerd scientists who are trying to do stuff. They just throw on crap, it, and so that was a little bit okay. Just go with it. Um, yeah. But I give them big points for trying. You could tell that that it looked a lot better than a lot of these flashy movies we talk about on Netflix that are just garbage. At least it looked better than that. Uh, it, did. it looked like there was passion in the project. You could tell they were sincerely attempting to make a good movie. Um, but uh, that second act, drug. Oh my gosh, that second act felt like padding. Again, we get to it where it feels like this movie should be seventy minutes, not ninety. Mm-hmm. And that's only because you don't have enough going on. And that second act is where they really just started panning it out and deep thoughts of contemplating people and or deep shots of that. And, and then little subplots that went nowhere and didn't really add anything. And uh, the first act was great. They set everything up nice. The third act I thought was really good. It was very interesting. And the way that, that, it, that it ends I thought was really good, especially the... Uh, out through the end credits where they're still rolling the movie and it just that was probably the best part of the movie that's the reason to watch it because the end was like wow i didn't i didn't really see it going that way and mm-hmm. i thought that was very interesting and it definitely was worth a watch i mean i would i'm gonna give this movie a pass um a passing thumbs up which is i probably probably won't watch it again uh but it was worth a watch and it was okay and if you are looking for uh some do's and don'ts or what what looks like 
a student or independent film, give this one a watch so you can avoid some of those temptations. You know, the, the temptation is very real when you're there making your first uh, movie that might have an actual budget or you got a good camera. It's like, okay, this is my Scorsese shot. Now this is my Spielberg shot. Now this is my, you know, and it's constantly moving. The camera is just move, 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 move. It needs to work for your project. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I could not agree more. Your review is exactly my same, because I watched it too. Okay. Exactly same review. Exact same review, where it's like everything felt art house, not even art house, but film student. It. I bet the thing was made for, what, 10, 20,000 bucks? Probably. I mean, four, four dudes in a couple rooms in a house. I mean, that's it. And, yeah. But they all look hipsterish, and the camera's constant. I mean, great, whatever they use quality equipment to film this thing but we have a good camera so we're going to make this thing we're going to shoot the hell out of this movie (laughs) yes yes we are that's exactly what they did sometimes it's just how about just two actors in a room talking uh and cut from one to the other to the other back and forth that's especially especially when nothing's happening nothing's really happening when it's just two people having a conversation and it's the camera's in the hallway and it pans out of the hallway behind a plant around the table while they're just two dudes talking. And it's like, whoo, reel it in, boy, reel it in. Yep. <laughs> Sometimes a little uh, face on and coverage will work just fine. For a good example yeah. of that, uh, check out Jonathan Demme's Silence of the Lambs, where half the movie is shot with the main characters straight on into the camera. Uh, but their back and forth wasn't even over-the-shoulder coverage most of the time. It was just one person straight into the camera, next person yeah. straight into the camera, back, forth, back, forth, back, forth, and it worked. <laughs> it worked brilliantly, yeah. And and the runtime, you're totally right. That They could have easily chopped 15 minutes out of this movie, easily. Uh, in fact, I would have, this creep movie, if it would have been longer, it, immediately it would have started going downhill. But with the end credits, it's like 77 minutes long. Oh, nice. And, yeah, so it's it's a breeze to get through, but all it would have needed it was that extra padding to get it to ninety minutes, and it would have probably been barely passing. But it kept going, going, go, 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 go. If you have a story that fits ninety minutes or two hours or three hours, great. But if you don't, don't try to make it into that. Exactly, because it gets boring real fast. Yeah, and and your the people that you're going after will notice that, you know. Yes. Like us, I mean, that's. I mean, we are the target audience for that kind of movie, right? For the indies, for that kind of stuff. I, think I mean, so, yeah. Your parents, my parents, they're not going to watch that. Agreed. Uh, sorry, adjusting volume levels, recording levels. No. Da, 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 da. Okay, uh, and that's going to wrap it up for last episode of Roulette. Let's see what we got coming up next. Uh, I just went, so go ahead. Tell me what you picked okay. of the glorious masterpieces that I sent your way. Okay. So you sent me of... Uh, let me just pull the list up here. Um, sorry about this. I'm finding it. It's all right. Um, I sent you uh, I sent you a few shady horror movies, since you're a horror movie guy, and there were stuff that's on my list, but uh, even it out, I sent you a very solid, probably, documentary and an yeah. action movie, so <laughs> and a western. Yeah. Kind of spread it out Which a bit, but I was trying to make up did. for the dodgy horror. Okay, so you sent me uh, Java Heat, Plague, The Dark Valley, From the Dark, and Ballet 422. Um, good spread there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the Dark Valley is the western, Java Heat is the action, 
Plague and From the Dark are the Horror and the Ballet is the uh, documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, I am tempted to take the ballet, but but that From the Dark looks really good. Um, and it's another country. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with From the Dark because I've got a feeling that that might be pretty good. And I watched the trailer and yeah, that looks. At the very least, it's they another one where they looked like they shot the hell out of the thing. <laughs> good production values. It doesn't. It's not an asylum movie. I can tell that immediately. Yeah. So, uh, any other comments on the other picks? Um, there's a good chance that I'll if depending on how my week goes, I might try and watch a couple of the other ones. We'll see. Um, the ballet one, I could see that being with my wife. Um, uh, they're all yeah. They're all ones that I might be interested in. The Dark Valley is, I think, close to two hours, so eh. That's why we'll I see. didn't pick it last week when you threw it in yeah. there. Okay. So. Uh, from the Dark. Interested to see. Hopefully it's another gem. We'll see. We've been getting really lucky lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, over my side, you gave me a documentary, Expedition to the End of the World, where some people get on a boat and sail somewhere, and it looked really cold and crazy. Uh, next was Missionary, uh, kind of a thriller, maybe horror movie with religious undertones. Uh, Madhouse, a, I, what looked like a 1970s kind of indie horror movie. The final member is, has been in my queue for a long time. I've just mm. been waiting to watch that one with the wife. She wants to watch it too, obviously. It's a, about a guy or a museum in, in Sweden, Iceland, Norway, somewhere over there where this guy has is collecting a, a penis from every creature. We just can't have one episode without no, penis. no, we can't. I, originally, before uh, my daughter's uh, baseball game this this evening, my my opener was going to be now with twenty five percent less penis jokes, probably. But instead, <laughs> I had a baseball game, and yeah, psychos. Uh, and lastly, you gave me the, the retrieval. Uh, to wrap up the final member, it's a museum where they showcase all kinds of animal penises, and they're they're debating on how they're going to get the human one. Uh, the retrieval was... Uh, oh, oh, that was the uh, thriller, maybe horror, uh, slave stuff. Uh, so, I went with Expedition to the End of the World. I went with the safe route this time, because some of those you threw me, dodgy. Except for the final member... Uh, which has been in my queue forever. Uh, the retrieval, I mean, I, the premise is fine, but then it's he's throwing the slave stuff on top of it. Now I got to listen to a bunch of that. I'm like, uh, Madhouse. That's these are that, those are Eugene. <laughs> I know. But it's Vincent Price, so I'm like Vincent Price automatically it does elevates it somewhat. It does. It does. You're right. But I've just got... It, we're at one of those times where I'm not feeling terribly experimental because I have so much on my Netflix queue I want to watch of stuff yeah. that looks so good. Um, but yeah, Expedition to the End of the World, that was right up my alley. Uh, yeah, I'm sure, I thought so. I'm sure that'll be an easy thumbs up. Yeah, that uh, was the first one that I that when I was looking through. I'm like, yep, that's definitely going to go on the roulette for you because that looks like you and that ballet 422 i mean i i just was like oh i, I can't not throw you at least one documentary because that's kind of the safe bet for us in a way it's it sort is, of like it is you know you're you know that you're not getting an asylum presents uh, the documentary about the new york ballet and it's... yeah and the thing is that ballet i am positive <laughs> what would that look like you hit play on that and it's two hobos fighting over a sandwich in the alley <laughs> Casper Van Dien runs still in bad and, acting. And, yeah. 
in a in a tutu dancing and no it just cuts to him in the back of a limo driving somewhere else you just and he's like looks out the window oh look ballet hobo's fighting and then you just assume he's in the same movie yeah and then an asylum joint presents (laughs) oh that'd be good maybe we could be the first ones to make it i know they're our constant whipping boy and it's like yes the horse has been dead before it ever began and we're still there kicking it oh we're still there yes (laughs) Because they're still making movies, so we're still here doing our thing. Maybe we should be the fighting, ones to fighting the good fight. Maybe we, maybe we should be the ones to pitch Asylum our documentary. And they'd be like, "Sure, all right, yeah." And they're like, "Here's here's five hundred dollars." I am actually very curious if any of our listeners out there have watched or are interested in any Asylum pictures, or or if they know what this company actually is all about, because. They're like trauma, but they don't know how bad they are. And trauma does, I think, if that is a good I, comparison. I, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. But maybe everyone should go watch at least one Asylum movie so that they know what we're talking about. In the same vein that you should have watched at least one trauma movie all the way through to know what we're talking about. I mean, trauma, yeah. trauma original. And yes, not not trauma release. Like yeah. not a yeah. You have to, I, so you can you at least have a flavor for these uh, houses that we're talking about. Yeah, agreed. Oh, that's funny. Okay, uh, what I was going to say about that ballet four twenty two is that, um, yeah, I just went to the documentary section, started looking like we kind of do. I mean, we have our uh, new to instant websites that we also are on, but uh, that one I missed my radar. I just happened to stumble across it on Netflix just today while looking for stuff for you, and I was like. That sounds cool, but I was, you know, Black Swan. I was a big fan of that. It kind of reminded me of mm-hmm. that. That's why I was like, hmm, insight behind the, what is it, New York Ballet? Uh, yeah. It was something about uh, life behind the scenes of that organization. So, sounds cool to me. Um, okay, well, we trucked right on through that. I guess uh, we're books. Books update. Let's move on yes. to that. Uh, before recently watched. And I've got three kind of things to update on. How about you? I've got... Um, where do, I know that I had, I touched on it briefly on the last episode, so I'll kind of recap that. But uh, we stopped last time. Have you talked about uh, Dr. Sleep yet again? I teased Dr. Or... Sleep, and you were 50 pages from being done with Christine. That's right. Okay, I finished that, and I'm, I'm on to another book. So, okay. Yeah. Well, I'll go first, because I think I'm ahead of you, as far as okay. a number of things. Uh, Dr. Sleep, yes. Uh, in last episode, you were talking about some of the time jumps in the writing of Christine, and mm-hmm. I s- stopped you, because I said we'd get to that. And Dr. Sleep, the first third of that book is crazy, because it's... It, he it, Yes, he has to close the gap of what happened between The Shining and this, this sequel, uh, but he does it in the strangest fashion. Uh, maybe it's just strange to me because it's not the way I would do it. But it's uh, Danny's going along, and then he skips ahead two years, and then it skips ahead four years, and then we follow him for a few weeks, and then it skips ahead six months, and then it skips ahead a couple more months, and then it skips ahead ten years, and then you're into the meat of the story, and you're like, I'm five hundred. I don't even know how many. I'm audiobooks. <laughs> I'm five discs into this 15. You know, it's like I'm third of the way through. It's like, holy crap, have we ever jump, 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 jump. And every time you start getting attached to the characters that he's around, all of a sudden, boom, jumps. Now you're years away. And I'm like, oh, I want to know more about that. You could have done this whole thing uh, still set in like 80s, 90s when he's a teenager, and this would have still been interesting. But 
can only go by what it is, and it's a very interesting story. He does not get long in the tooth on this one. Like we often talk about with him, there's nothing extra. And he could have done plenty extra here, I thought, especially in wrapping it up. It's just sort of, and it's over. Mm -hmm. Um, But, I mean, it's obviously not going to be as good as The Shining. I guess I'm talking about the movie because I haven't read the original book. I only know the miniseries. But it was still good. It was interesting. It it went to some really dark places and... um, uh, there were a couple of twists along the way that I didn't see coming, and when they started hinting at them, I was like, oh, that's a pretty good twist. I like that. Uh, overall, thumbs up. I liked it. Uh, it was very entertaining. Uh, good. Christine. Uh, so, as I had said a previous episode, uh, it's I'm so used to the the John Carpenter movie. I've I've grown up with that movie. That's one of the first movies that I actually taped onto VHS off of network television back years ago so I've seen that thing so many times and that's what I think of with regards to that whole story vastly different Stephen King story versus the book and rightly so I understand why John Carpenter changed things around because this is this jumps around so much and this would have been if if John Carpenter would have done the book justice it would have been way too long of a movie for the subject matter in, in my opinion I mean a killer car yeah. you can't have a three hour uh, big epic on that Mick, Mick Garris uh, disagrees with you but that's okay yes he does yeah, of course yeah. <laughs> Mick Garris in $20,000 um, disagrees with you <laughs> yep <laughs> that's great <Go> ahead. <laughs> but um, so it it's still uh, the book is really good, but again, it, I can almost I've been reading so much Stephen King, I can almost tell his older stuff versus his newer stuff, and it's not just you know dealing with payphones and you can tell it's written in the late seventies or early eighties or whatever, but it just his writing style does it has changed somewhat. So reading something like this, I can tell that is an older Stephen King novel. Uh, not in a bad way. It, it's still. Really uh, I would good, tend but... to say the older stuff is better. Um, I, yeah. I was going to mention that too with Doctor Sleep. This there are more. Um, I don't know what you call it in, in book form, but um, we call it product placement in movies. He names so many products in Doctor Sleep that it almost gets annoying. Like he's. I was on my apple computer working on i uh, fired up firefox and i was uh, you know just stuff like that where he's yeah. really specifically naming i picked up my diet coke and did this and you know it's very it, like it was off-putting it was weird and it was almost like he was trying to really nail down the time frame of now we're at this time uh i don't know why he did it i'm just yeah. speculating but yeah no that's a that's, that's a good point because I read Finders Keepers the the sequel to Mr. Mercedes the the detective series that he's working on and he does he, now that you bring that up he does that in that in that book too um, but Christine he does not do that near as much but at, at the same time it's like you know in the payphone and then it just you can tell the technology is not there right. however uh, as far as the, the the content of the book it is still it it, it is good uh, but even the book for the subject matter that it is is a bit long-winded for me. Mm-hmm. Um, if I would have never seen the movie, maybe not. It wouldn't have bothered me quite as much. But um, I will say this, that the guy that sells uh, uh, Artie or Archie or whatever that guy's name is uh, in... I haven't, I, haven't, in, I haven't seen Christine in 
years. I mean, I probably yeah. not since I lived at home. I mean, seriously, 20 years. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, him, the, the nerdy kid that buys the car, the, the, old, the old geezer that sells him the car. In the book, he plays a major role in the book. And in the movie... It's just some guy that sells him the car. And in the book, there's a, a side story with the brother of this of this creepy guy that gives backstory. And there's a whole history on Christine and uh, not so much in the John Carpenter version. I actually, it's almost a toss-up because there are some great moments in the book that are not in the movie. Um, but I like the runtime of the movie. Runtime feels right for the storyline. Well, that's that and that's sense. what sucks with trying to adapt King for the screen, you, especially. Uh, it sounds similar to uh, what happened with Needful Things, where you have a really good book that was really yeah. intense and hardcore, and, and the lines, of all the of the storylines, the way they came together, it was very interesting and and unique. And then you try and uh, compact that into a movie and. You got to start making cuts here and there because you can't have a five-hour movie, uh, yeah. and it just doesn't work. That's probably why some of the best Stephen King stuff is kind of still the made-for-TV miniseries. Is that's the way you got to go to a, a, the big yeah, yeah. adapt that much yeah, material. And, and there's every now and then there's like I read Pet Cemetery and Pet Cemetery the book and the movie are so close. So similar yeah, they are. They're, that they're, if you've watched the movie, there's not a whole lot of reason to read the book or vice versa. I mean, it's they're very, very similar, but that's rare, I think, because like you said, it's other than his short stories, if it's his big, huge books, it's hard to translate them well into an hour and a half, two hour long movie. Yeah, the short stories would be perfect length. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. So, and, so right now I'm reading uh, Firestarter. So oh. that's what I'm on right now. I have a copy of that on my shelf as well. I haven't read it yet, but yeah. I, I do have a... Yeah, it's good. Cool. Um, and of I course, in the movie mind, as, I, as I'm reading it... Oh, you haven't, re- you haven't seen the movie? No. Oh, it's good. Uh, watching the or reading the book, of course, I'm just picturing little Drew Barrymore in, in this and uh, George C. Scott. And already I'm about maybe 100 pages in, and George C. Scott is the main villain in the, uh, in the movie. And in the book... He's so much of a badass already, and I'm like, oh, they so miscast him in the movie already. I could already tell. I'm like, big, lumbering, mean, badass Indian dude uh, with a lazy eye or something, and in, and then it's George C. Scott, and I'm like, what? No, he doesn't work in the movie, and so it's already, I'm like, It's oh. Charlton Heston as a Mexican in Orson Welles. <laughs> yeah, so. Oh, that's so anyway. funny. Uh, but you know, George C. Scott was a big actor at the time, and I can see why they got him. But I'm like, up, oh, he's already miscast. <laughs> yep, that's understandable. When was that? That was probably early '80s. Yep, early '80s. Because yeah. Drew Barrymore, that was probably the. I'm guessing right after ET or right before, right around that time. Yeah, she was very. She's young. a little girl. Yeah, I remember the cover of it at least. I just have. I, there's no reason I haven't seen it. I just haven't. I just never got around to it. Yeah. Okay. Um, that all for Christine. Yep. Okay, uh, after Dr. Sleep, like I said, I ordered in Gerald's game, and there was a little miscommunication, and the actual novel came in when I was looking for the audiobook, so I had to wait an extra week. And in the meantime, I picked up uh, Star Wars Crucible. This is another in the series of uh, Star Wars novels. If you haven't read any of those, I, uh, the reason I picked these up, they're, they're light and breezy, and it's good to have something light and breezy in between Stephen King books or you know more mm-hmm. serious material. And they have sound effects and everything. And it's a fine story. I actually thought it was going to... 
take place at a different time in the mythos. Like, they have a whole chart system on the back for when this story takes place. So on the back of each one, you can look at the back of the case and go, oh, okay, this story takes place sort of here. Like, after Return of the Jedi, but, you know, not too far. Uh, but this one takes place way after Return of the Jedi. Like, Han and Leia have been married for 40 years. Mm. Like, way after. So, I wasn't... I think I grabbed the wrong one. There were two there that I was debating on, and I thought I grabbed the other one. But at any rate, I listened to it all the way through, and it was good. It was entertaining. It's always nice having John Williams score bits here and there, and the guy did a decent job. There was nice little sound effects, lightsabers and stuff. Uh, and then the only the only major drawback, I would say, is they really ham-fist in there some... Uh, uh, like, remember that time on Yavin 4 when we were celebrating after the Death Star blew up? You know, they really try and cram in some uh, memories from the original trilogy, and it's just like, uh, mm. yeah, we remember. But then again, this is, <laughs> yeah. is technically probably more geared towards uh, youth-oriented books, teen. Um, but, you know, I was reading these books in um, in the 90s when we didn't have any Star Wars movies, and we thought original trilogy is all we're going to have. They kept yeah. they they started these books and kept going afterwards. They did they weren't even doing prequel books, and so I was way into reading all of these great books, and a lot of them are very very good. Um, so I can still just kind of hop in and reconnect with these characters, and it's you know it's fun. Uh, the the another of the biggest downer, uh, the uh, guy reading it. Um, uh oh, <laughs> <laughs> he did okay. He did fine. Uh, you know I'm not going to complain too much, but the only thing that I do have to mention is. His Han Solo, not so good. Uh, he wasn't trying to do impressions of everybody, but, uh, you know, Leia, he just kind of did a girl voice, and Mark Hamill, he did a pretty decent Mark Hamill, you know, trying to sound like Luke, but then you would get to Han. And this guy was trying to sell his Han Solo impression. Like, this was his moneymaker, and he was going to use it, damn it. And... It was horrible. Uh, every time Han would talk, uh-huh. it just was like this bloated... Leia! We gotta get to the Falcon! We're going to... Dur- dur-. It just was terrible. It was like... <laughs> it was like watching a YouTube random YouTube video that says Han Solo impression, and you go click on it, and you're like, alright, let's see what you got, kid, and five minutes... Or five minutes. Five seconds in, you're like, you're terrible. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. But so it was thumbs up though. It was yeah, it was yeah. It was interesting. I don't, I don't see. I don't really care about stuff this far after the main trilogy. The stuff immediately after the trilogy, like the books I was reading, the original trilogy. That that stuff was good with um, uh, Luke setting up the new Jedi Order and stuff like that. That stuff's cool. The uh, when they were fighting Grand Admiral Thrawn, I believe it was that trilogy of books was really good. Timothy Zahn's books, those are really good. But this was. I mean, this was so far after the original trilogy. It's like, there's probably 15, 20 books in between there that I didn't read or, you know, I haven't really kept up with it since high school. I just, it was, I was just something to pass the time while I'm working. (laughs) Um, So, you know, it was worth a listen. There's a couple others that there I'm going to get in between my, my books, but I got one more I want to talk about for the books update and then we'll move on to recently watched. Okay. You? Yeah. Got another one for Uh, me? Um, no, other than uh, other than Christine and Firestarter, those are the two main ones. Did I touch on uh, 
uh, Finders Keepers at all? Not really, no. Okay, well, I, let me just briefly hit on, on that one. You finished it? Uh, yes, I did. And that is fantastic. Uh, one of Stephen King's, there is positively no fat on that book at all. Good. Every single page is there for a reason. And, and the same applies to Mr. Mercedes. This is a great Great series. I cannot recommend it enough. In fact, when it ended, I'm like, are you kidding me? I Now I have to wait another year or two until the third one. I'm like, oh. So it ended on a, like a cliffhanger? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep, I'm not going to touch that one for a while. Not till they're yeah. all out. I hate that. Oh, it's great. Oh, it's so good. Oh, it's this, it's it, great salesmanship and great marketing and everything. Oh, yeah, I just, it is. It's like Walking Dead. Every time the Walking Dead season ends, I'm just... I'm I'm Vader at the end of episode three. No, <laughs> no! <laughs> I hate it. But <laughs> this series screams to be made into a movie because these would be great, uh, fast-paced detective crime thrillers, and they're so well written. Uh, I just I like the fact that he's not. It's these are not huge epic things. They're just really well written crime detective thrillers, and they work. They work great, uh, and this but this one does definitely feel like a middle child. Uh, it, it connects with the first one, but it almost almost feels like a side story, and the third one is going to connect kind of everything. But it's oh, it's it's great. I loved it. I it actually makes me want to read more detective type novels, which I'm not really into. But uh, these are so good that I'm like, mom, maybe there's other good detective thrillers out there that I should be looking into. Uh, you know, I've considered that from time to time. I, I think if I was going to do that, it would be uh, Robert Ludlum, the guy mm-hmm. that does the Bourne series. Yeah. Uh, that seems like that might be up my alley. Maybe not. I don't know. I, I haven't really read a lot of uh, those kinds of mystery books and, and what have you. Okay, is that all for yep. that? Okay, good. I look forward to. Um, thanks for telling me that it's it ends that way because I'm gonna wait till the next one's out before I. Yeah, because I was it was a Darth Vader moment when I was when I was done. I'm like, art. Oh no way! Now I have to wait. I hate <laughs> that. And then what burned me on that was Stephen King himself with uh, oh, the Green I... Mile. Oh yeah, we're trying <laughs> this new thing. Well, we'll just put out a couple chapters every what couple months. Excuse me. Uh, and <laughs> I was one of the few. I was super duper into King at the time when that happened. I was right at the apex of my super King fandom. And so I was trucking down to Walmart every single time. I knew that it was about to come out. No internet to go look and when that was coming out. Just had to hearsay. And yeah. uh, I oh, here's the first episode. And it was like one of six that are coming. He hasn't finished writing them, but you get a couple chapters at a time. I'm going to have all, I still have them and I'll never get rid of them because that is a cool, unique, completely failed yeah. marketing ploy. And <laughs> I still but have them. The book itself is fantastic. It is. The Green Mile is so good. But read a couple of chapters and then stop for a couple of months. And then every yeah, time you go suck. to Walmart or Kmart, you got to, is it there? Is it there? Is it there? No. When's it coming? I don't know. You know, without the <laughs> internet, we were just like cavemen. Dragging our yeah. knuckles, waiting for these things to happen. Maybe that was just our community, or more rural area. I don't. I, do you think in the cities that they had more access to that kind of information of when this is coming out or when that is coming out? Do you think they said anything in Fangoria or Starlog or any of the nerd magazines? I would. 
I wouldn't be surprised if they did. Although Green Mile was not a horror type, but that's book, what I'm it's talking still about. Stephen King yeah. falls between the but cracks. Yeah, so how would anybody know? Yeah, we were that's in. interesting. But yeah, that that book is great, and I that one there I flew through. I cannot imagine watching reading that book uh, in in parts every couple months or whenever, however they released it. That would suck. I did. It's it did suck. <laughs> <laughs> Makes for a good story though. Yes, it does, and it's cool to have that unique little thing on my shelf. Yeah. Okay. Uh, lastly, I'll touch on Gerald's game. It finally came the audiobook, and I'm on up to uh, disc three. I was well aware of the premise going in, so I guess it's my own fault. Uh, I have uh, speculation as to what is going on in the story, and I'm not going to ruin it so far. There is a wife who has been chained to the bed, um, and if this is 12 discs of this wife being chained to the bed, I expect massive thumbs down on this, because, my God, this movie needs to get on with it. So far, I am very much not impressed, but uh, I, you know, like a lot of things, you get let it play out. Let it play. 11-22-63, there were some things where I'm like, okay, let's move along, and you know what? By the time it's all said and done, I quite enjoyed it. Um, most notably here is the complete absence of time jumps. In fact, it's quite the opposite. It's practically a black hole. Uh, so she's chained to this bed for the entire first disc, and starts talking to people in her head which okay fine we all kind of talk to the, I mean I guess I get it we talk to ourselves a little bit and she's going on and on and slipping more and more into madness now I go through disc two and she's still talking to herself and still chained to a bed and things uh, conspire little events here and there but nothing major and still talking to herself and now I'm into disc three and she starts thinking boy I, I need water and I'm going you're just now thinking of this I'm going, hmm, you haven't tried to get up and escape or tried to chew through the headboard to get away or something. I don't know. You haven't done any of that yet. No, you're just slipping into madness. And then she says, and this is the part where I was I was seriously WTF. She goes, uh, well, Gerald, her husband, always kept a glass of water on his side of the bed. And she looked up, and sure enough, there it was the ice clinking in it and sweat beads rolling down it. And I'm going, wait a minute. I'm on disc three and the MFR still has ice in his drink. So I've been listening to you go completely insane and only mm, an hour's passed. <laughs> like, you've got to be kidding me. It has only been an hour. You're already, you're this far into madness and it's only been an hour. I, I would expect it would take at least mm, a couple days before you're inventing other personas to chit chat with in your head. I don't know what, <laughs> but then again, I don't know the whole story. I'm sure it maybe, yeah. maybe it all comes around to something and I'll be like, this was fantastic and brilliant, but yeah, I love so that far, book. I love that book, but yeah, I, so far everybody that's I've talked to has loved that book, but right now, so far disc three out of 11 or 12, not impressed and get on with it. There's a lot of comp yeah. a lot of whining and complaining. Now that book does somewhat sort of tie in with uh, Dolores Claiborne, Misery, and um, uh, Rose Matter. Uh, there's four different novels that all, and when I say tie in, it's all connected 
in the the finest of threads. Uh, so it's almost like they're all four stories are happening kind of at the same time, um, which I thought was really cool because I've read all four of those books and that, I thought that was really neat. But I, for some reason, something about the scenario and how it plays out, I really like. So I'll, I'll understand if you don't like it, but just we'll see what you think. Uh, like I said, I'll, I'll wait. I'll give it time. I know King. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give it time. We'll, we'll see. So look for further updates. Actually, uh, what are we at here? We're recording this episode a little uh, earlier Tuesday. Yeah, by next episode, it'll be done. I'll probably finish that up okay. this week. Burn through it. Yeah. Same with Firestarter. I'll be done. All right. <laughs> Not that we'll necessarily have a books update next week, but uh, you can hang tight yeah. and wait. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, recently watched. I have uh, three whole things to talk about. Oh. You have more than that, okay. I assume. So I do, I'm, yes. <laughs> but I finished up my rotting project. Go ahead. I'm going to let you go first. That's true, yep. Uh, okay, so and I, I know of one that you have watched, so I'm going to skip over that one because I'm going to let you hit on that and I'll... Um, yeah, give me give me two or three or you know I, I have three so if you have like mm, nine go ahead and give me two or three and then <laughs> okay and then uh, uh, I'm gonna start with end your uh, one with the one you're talking about because I know which one you're talking about okay um, I want to start with one of the uh, roulettes that you threw my way last week uh, and that is I still remember you um, four and a half out of five stars wow this is a Phenomenal documentary. Phenomenal. Uh, it deals with a Holocaust survivor that, upon release, dedicated the rest of his years, and he lived into his 90s, uh, to finding Nazi war criminals. And, and the persecution that he went through after escaping the, uh, the concentration camps and just how it was almost... It, it, he literally was the reason why... Uh, that was an ongoing thing for years and years and years and years is because he was so adamant about it. And I think it is, it, it's so good uh, and so amazing what one person, how one person can change, can change the course of history uh, by bringing, I, I believe he brought over a thousand Nazis to justice um, because he started to get a name for himself. And so people started to give him information and this is before the internet. So he had, he had boxes of in- it's it's amazing it's amazing mm-hmm. um, and I believe that there's been a movie made of of this as well uh, I think that the boys from Brazil uh, in a roundabout way has to do with his story okay I've heard of that movie I haven't uh, seen it or I don't really know much yeah, about it I haven't either so uh, highly recommend it of course anything that deals with the Holocaust immediately it's it files under it's not going to be a fun happy-go-lucky easy watch it's not but I could not turn it off. It was, I'm like, wow, this is, this is incredible. And there's so many stories. I mean, that's one of the most devastating times in this world's history. And it's, there's so many stories, so many different angles on what happened. And uh, after Shoah, I thought that I had seen it all. Because that is the be-all, end-all of documentaries dealing with the Holocaust. That nine-and-a-half-hour-long documentary. And then this comes along. And it's like it, there's just more, and it's it's fantastic. It's never um, it's a never ending uh, kind of event where you uh, the stories that can that come out of there. Everybody's story is un, is similar, but yet you very unique and amazing. Yeah, that's why I yeah, really want I encourage you to watch that. Um, oh, it was the one roulette I watched, uh, The Way Back. 
Is that the one where they escape from the Siberian yes. prison? Ed yeah. Harris. Uh, oh, man, still, I, yeah. I loved that movie, and I I really wish you'd watch it because I, I I think about that probably once a week. I wonder what Eugene thinks. Oh about wow, that movie. I still th- I, I, I gotta watch I it. still think about that one a lot, and that's uh one for you and the misses. Yeah, definitely. That's a that yeah. was a damn good movie. I really loved it. I I hope you do too. But I would understand if you're like eh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, Oh no, and, and anything like this that deals with especially now cuz we're getting along in years as far as when this happened. So I mean, the people that were involved in this, they're up there in age or they're no longer with there's us. Not, so it's yeah, just there's not many uh, World War II vets around anymore and it's not as prevalent yeah. in the the memory of the younger generation, which is Yeah horrifying but i'm 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 sure maybe they thought that about world war one which most of us probably don't know very much about or very little about yeah yeah but it's just hearing it it just it's hard to fathom and i don't want to get too serious here but to hear what went on and then even the aftermath and what this guy went through it's like that actually happened like these are the darkest days in some of the darkest days on planet earth's history and here's the stories that coincide with that. And it's, it's amazing. I, I cannot recommend that enough. Uh, I, I gave it four and a half out of five stars, and I probably could have given it, given it five, but five is, is reserved for uh, Showa. That is the best documentary I have ever seen in my life, the most powerful documentary I've ever seen, and that is the reigning champ. Right. So that's why. So anyway. Okay. Uh, next um, I was on, I was on a roulette kick. But I was on a roulette kick last. Okay, week. go through uh, all the roulettes that you watched. Yeah, so so I, I threw your way. I threw the final hours. Correct. Uh, Is that one of them that I had on your list last week? Hang on a sec. I could tell you because I have my handy dandy notebook here. These final those final hours. Yes. Yeah. You these final you hours. That yes. one. Okay. Yes, I did. Um, and I'm getting the depressing ones out of the way now. <laughs> So I can That's all right. I watched the trailer fun, for that. happy-go-lucky stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I watched the trailer for these final hours, and I was like, mm, it looks like a, a sweet concept and everything, but the budget was very low, not enough that you can get into Mad Max territory, and uh, for a yep. very Mad Max apocalypse kind of uh, tale, I mean, I don't know, maybe a Mad Max Begins. <laughs> yes. Uh, but um, overall, I was like, eh, I'm not going to pick that one. But what did you yeah. think of it? I, I, you know, I gave it three out of five stars a uh, for a low budget movie. Yeah, it, it gets a pass for a low budget movie. Acting is good, especially because the movie uh, relies almost entirely on um, this drugged out uh, Australian. This takes place in Australia, and literally, like a meteor has crashed on Earth and uh, into the ocean, and it's literally uh, as it encompasses the entire Earth. Uh, the earth is done. We're all gone. And Australia is going to be the last to be hit. And they all know it. And they've got nine hours before they're decimated. And so the movie plays out in nine hours. Um, and what am I hearing? Yeah, it's, it's the aliens invading and landing again. Yeah. I guess so, yeah. yeah the, I, there goes the mosquito sprayer guy again. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great. Good. Good, good. time. Good time. Okay, hold on. I guess uh, for that, I have to say... Uh, everything's under control. Situation normal. <laughs> oh, you're, you're now uh, officially the sound Could viewer. you hear that? Could you even, could you even hear that? I... 
That's great. I love uh, it. Whatever. Okay. Uh, I'm just playing with my toys. Go on. No, you're good. So, <laughs> the, the setup is good. The acting is good. But it's this, this guy that is trying to take in as many drugs and alcohol as he can because we're all effed. Uh, along the way, he rescues this, I think, nine-year-old girl. And I'm like, oh, boy. Now there's going to be a kid involved. She was actually very good. Mm. Uh, it's one of those things where like, all it takes is a bad kid actor and it's done. This was a very competently well-made, low-budget movie. To where I'm like, I feel like we're all screwed and the world is going to be done in a couple hours. So, having said that, it's really freaking depressing. Like, The Road <laughs> oh, really? times 10. Oh, shit. It, That's not like, what I thought you were going to say just now. <laughs> Oh, no, it is extremely depressing. Like, it's so heavy by the time it's done, you're like, oh, are you kidding me? Oh, okay, happy thoughts now. Um, but it is a very well-made movie, well-acted, uh, especially for a low-budget movie. It's another one of those high-def camera type things, but but they, they everything that's on the screen should be there, and uh, it it's just not a feel-good movie and at the end of the day it's like I'll never watch it again because I'm like I want to shoot myself after watching that that's oh it's so sad is it is it too and... spoiler to reveal if indeed the whole world ended at the end of the movie um spoiler alert if you don't want to know the ending I mean the, they forward. were they, they alluded to that in the trailer that there's yeah. nobody survives right yeah, we're all yeah we're all screwed. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I'm good. This, this is what another reason yeah. I didn't hit play. Okay. Yeah, and we are all screwed. Every last person. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, along with some good special effects, I might add, <laughs> not bad, not bad. But um, it was, but it, it was uh, Australian, and it, it looked the, from the trailers, it looked good enough to where I'm like, I'm gonna give this one a shot, and I'm. It was definitely worth a watch, but it was heavy. Anyway. Okay, uh, so. let's move on to Lost Soul. Give me a review of Lost Soul, the, uh, I don't even know the full title, it's so long. Doomed Richard Stanley Project of Island of Dr. Lost Moreau. Soul, the, doomed, uh, the, do, the doomed Journey of Richard Stanley's Island of Dr. Moreau. You did watch this then. I right? finished it, yes. I'm good. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Go on. Uh, there's so much good stuff on Netflix, people. It's This is it's, great. You've got to watch this. They, they keep adding stuff. All these people that I see on, on Facebook complaining, there's nothing on Netflix, nothing new. And I'm just, you guys don't know how to utilize this I wonderful know, exactly, tool. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm a Blu-ray collector, but lately I've been watching so much Netflix because there's so much good stuff on there. Or, or interesting stuff, stuff that I'm curious about giving a chance to. I agree. Uh, yeah. So, you, uh, go ahead. Thoughts. Get, tell us. Break down. Tell us what it's well, about. And then I'll I'll take it. Uh, well, I did watch the uh, the movie when it came out in the theater, uh, and even back then, I was into Fangoria enough uh, that I had read up on it in Fangoria magazine about that there were issues. And even back then, I had I I knew who Richard Stanley was because of uh, Dust Devil and his first movie, Hardware. I liked both of those movies. I'm not familiar with Dust Devil. Was that good? It was. I liked it. Uh, The studio completely butchered it, uh, and then it got re-released from one of those boutique labels uh, in the original Richard Stanley version, which is, of course, worlds better than the the butchered dish, of course. 
Uh, but uh, Doctor Moreau, hardware, though, I, he loved the. I mean, in the it says they lo- he loved Doctor Moreau, the story, and w- was yes. thrilled to uh, be handed the reins to it. So that's the movie that we're talking about. <laughs> yes, yeah. So, but, but it's so sad to what could have been, and then the final product was a complete mess. Although I will say it's an enjoyable mess. I kind of enjoy the Island of Doctor Moreau. Uh, but I wonder what would have happened had Richard Stanley been actually able to make his own version without outsiders, also known as the producers, picking his actors for him because Val Kilmer was picked and Marlon Brando well, was picked. Well, it seemed like he picked, he seemed okay with Brando, though. See, there, this was the gray area of the documentary for me because they were they talk about his vision and what could have been, and obviously, I agree, hit whatever he had in mind was going to be better than the garbage that came out of that. Um, yeah. And Frieza Balk uh, does a, is that her name? Frieza Balk? I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. yeah. She, she does. She's in the dock quite a bit. Really backing him. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, I, but I never got a clear cut picture of what his vision for the film was. Obviously I would take his over what came out of it, but and obviously there was no way that was going to happen with Val Kilmer and uh, uh, Brando being the way that they were. And I think that, Br- that Kilmer probably isn't that way anymore. He probably was just right at his peak he was, and was yes, just having and, a yeah. tood problem for a while. Because I've always seen uh, everybody, every other doc I've seen uh, uh, making of uh, involved around him pegs him as being a very nice guy, very easygoing and well, you know. Uh, but... So I was very shocked when it was like Kilmer's the giant a hole, and <laughs> all the stuff that they were I, saying about him. I was like, "What? I don't, I don't seem to have that perception of him." Uh, but then again, he up against Brando, and it was right at that time where Kilmer was kind of peaking. And uh, yeah. you know, who knows? Maybe he had a, it was addicted to blow at the time. I, you know what yeah. I mean? Like these guys go for, through spurts, and you, you just you never know what the big the heavyweights. Yeah. The, yep. I agree. So I, I, agree. I, I what I was the point was, I, one I never got a clear vision of what Richard Stanley wanted for this movie. I, there was some ideas and a couple storyboards and here and there, but it was kind of aloof and vague, and so, so I never really got like, oh, I see, he wanted to go this direction, and you know, before he we even got deep into that, he was gone. He was cut and done and you're out and <laughs> Marlon Brando was way off his rocker but then again who can blame him this as they said it was right around the time right after how was it he was hired he was working on it and then his daughter committed suicide yeah uh, you don't come back from shit like that I, I don't no. care who you are especially if you're in the public eye you doubly don't come back from that and it seems like he came back from that funeral and was, I'm just going to F with the entire world until I die because I'm that old and it's, I'm right on the end. And you know what? In that respect, I can't really blame the dude. He's yeah. been acting that long and it's just sort of like, that happened to me. F it. Yeah. yeah. This is, yeah. yeah. But it's just too bad it happened on this picture with this director and Val Kilmer was trying to there's a lot of political stuff going on there. If you've ever been on a film set, doesn't matter if it's Val Kilmer and Marlon Brando or two guys who have never been in a movie before. <laughs> yeah. There is politics involved in wrangling actors. 
and when one goes off the reservation, the other is going to act in kind, and yep. the, the shit can spiral out of control before you have any chance of getting a hold of it. And I don't. And it did. A big time. And I don't think Stanley had any idea how to deal with it. And he was gone. I do think it's freaking hilarious that he came back and was on set in a mask. And he's in the movie in a mask. And they didn't even know it. And he would not take his mask off. That's brilliant. I I loved all of that. I wish so bad he he would be more active as a filmmaker that I could peg. Oh, new Richard Richard Stanley movie coming out! Yay! Yeah. But it, it's there's only been it a handful. Seemed, it of stuff. seemed like yeah, it seemed like Doctor Moreau burned him out just with how that went. He uh, and they hinted to where he just kind of retreated after that. I can't blame him. Brando yeah. was a lunatic. Uh, yeah. My God. Whew, that was yeah. nuts. You know, uh, one one missed opportunity on this movie, I think, and maybe it was just because he didn't want to be involved in it, is David Thewlis is the main star I, yeah, of the movie. Yeah, I know. I mean, like, Marlon Brando and Val Kilmer, they're the villains, but what about the hero guy? That's David Thewlis, and he's not in it at all. They don't even mention his name once. Yeah, he is. His name is yeah, he is. They, they talk about him a little bit. They do? Yeah, Are you uh, sure? Uh, like, uh, a minute. They, they don't spend a lot of time on him. Just, he's there, and that was it. But they didn't interview him or say anything him. about him. Or, yeah. I'm just surprised that they didn't chime in on that at all. A lot of, uh, I mean, a lot of these, a lot of docs like of this nature, they... they it's tough to get people to come out and say other people are a holes. They like to, yeah. you know, if you watch the really bad making ofs, they like to go, "Oh, it was so great working with this actor and this yeah. director, and everybody was great. It was so great. Everything was amazing. It's so great." Every time I hear these guys do that, I'm out. Yeah, this is not going to be a good documentary. I like the ones yeah. like uh, this and the Abyss, where they're like, "I hated the, this guy." I hated James Cameron, and I hate you know, when they start doing that kind of stuff. Okay, we're in for a good time here. People are getting real. Yeah. Um, oh, and trust me, everybody. There, I mean, there's very little positive. Actually, I'm not sure if there's any positives at all that anybody has to say about uh, the Island of Doctor Moreau. No, it is all negative. I wish so bad that Kilmer would have given in to being in it, though. That was such a disappointment. Like, what? The, what are you doing? You're, yeah, you're, not you're much. sitting on a beach eating cupcakes. Like, come on, yeah, just yeah. cut loose about it. Even if he, especially if he would come on and say, you know, I was at a certain time and fame, and you know, I was total a hole during all of that, and my bad. Yeah, you know what? Everybody would forgive him. I sir, I, I certainly would. Yeah, <laughs> I've always liked uh, seriously. I've always liked Val Kilmer. Yeah, me I, too. Even with his, he's just, just terrible Batman. Anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> That being said, let's move on to my one or two reviews. Uh, Foxcatcher mm. is a movie, without a doubt, from beginning to end, a movie. <laughs> Worthy of Oscar accolades? And, mm, yeah, uh, I, I, yeah I'd, I'd go that far. I'd say, yeah, probably. Give it a couple here or there. Uh, Steve Carroll is weird and awkward and... Um... um why is it at this point in the show I can never just just grab names? Channing Tatum, Tatum Channing is yeah, he, yeah he's yeah. weird yeah. and awkward. I was gonna say Magic Mike, but uh, <laughs> he he is weird and awkward. And uh, Mark Ruffalo is the only normal person in this movie. And 
the whole movie is just weird and awkward, and all the way through, you you'll like it. I heard it's very depressing and like eh, ugh. I didn't I didn't really feel that way. You just gave a huge thumbs up to the woman, so I there's nothing you find depressing. <laughs> <laughs> but cheers to that. <laughs> Salute. Uh, no, I didn't really think it was depressing. It's kind of sad towards the end. But I had already read a bunch of... I mean, I already knew the spoilers. I knew it was coming. It's based on a true story. Uh, but uh, great performances all around. And, you know, it's so weird and awkward all the way through that you're waiting for that ending to happen anyway. So when it happens, you're like, I expected that, and that was weird and awkward. That's the only thing I can say about this movie. It is weird and awkward. Hmm. It's very well made, though. Uh, and so okay. I, I encourage you to give it a watch. Um, and that's about all to say. I'm, I'm not going to watch it again. I've, I've got it. That review goes in the file. The end. I'm done with it. Okay. Uh, all right. Next up for you. Um, so let's hit on the death of Superman lives. I hate you. <laughs> ah, I've been wanting to watch this since I saw the Kickstarter, Kickstarter campaign go up years ago. I, oh, oh, oh. Oh, it's great. Oh, it's four stars out of five. Um, I love the fact that uh, they made an R-rated documentary and Kevin Smith just lets the F-bombs fly <laughs> and everybody is just F this and F that. I love it. I'm like, oh, it just feels mean. Real. Um, yeah, it does. And especially because you're like, what? What were they, th- what were they thinking? Um <laughs> I mean, seriously, Kevin Smith is pretty much the voice of reason in this uh, kiboshed <laughs> Superman movie, which doesn't surprise me. And that, well, that's um, saying something, though. <laughs> it, but it's just funny watching this and watching... I have to... I had to... And my wife watched it with me. Um, you have to almost put yourself in the mind frame of... Because the whole way through, I'm like, these, these are stupid ideas for, stupid, for Superman. It, this is... Uh, they were going to reboot Superman, and it it didn't happen because I, I know of... what you're going to say. Go ahead, <laughs> but it's the '90s, yeah, and it was a transition period. Yep, and they were trying to make it seriously. It it felt like this was going to be a a Batmany type. They were Tim they were Batman trying to put thing. the life paddles back on it after Superman four. I mean, yes. you had Batman, Batman Returns, both. Very successful, but overall, the comic book movie was almost non-existent. It was yeah. a joke. Yeah, so this thing here was Superman's suit was out of his uh, spaceship that he lands on Earth. It was so, and, and electric lights flowing <laughs> through it. I saw And it. as the movie goes on, more and more, and of course, Nick Cage is going to be Superman, and the, 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 the scenes with him... Audition, not auditioning, but he had already got the role. But trying on the suit or whatever, and his long mullet, whatever, he looked ridiculous. I'm like he looked ri- ridiculous. <laughs> and um, I love it. I've, I've I've been following tidbits of the that failed movie for years. Uh, even, oh, you'll love it. You'll love especially it, especially right when it was they were working on it. That was the time when I could. Uh, there, it was more popular to have uh, movie dork magazines and. 
I was getting into some of that, so I was seeing pictures. I was seeing some of those pictures, and it was like mother of God. I don't know what's happening no. over there, but uh, Tim Burton is my favorite director, and he directed Batman, and it was dark, so I'm sure he will kill Superman. It's gonna be great. Uh, and then I graduated from high school and watched more movies and realized yeah, yeah. he sucks and that movie sucks and this <laughs> movie was probably going to be a nightmare uh, yeah. <laughs> I will say that that without I mean it's a documentary and you know that the movie never got made so this is no spoiler but there were a string of flops with the company um, and that is what really ultimately put the kibosh on on this getting made is it was simply too expensive with with the back-to-back-to-back bombs that they were having. They were like, we cannot risk this one because this was going to be a really, really big budget movie. Um, yeah. I will say that some of the effects that they were talking about would have been pretty cool, I think. Um, but uh, honestly, I'm p- positive that Brian Singer's Superman is eons better than <laughs> what this would have been. Yeah. Guaranteed. <laughs> So as much flack as I've already given that movie for being, eh, come on. Not nearly it's, punchy enough. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be better than this, because yeah. this was just weird, and I don't want Superman to fly. I'm like, what? No cape. You don't want Superman no to fly? No cape. <laughs> no cape. No, I don't want Superman to fly, and big spiders, and uh, that guy's in this, by the way. John Peters. Uh, the, yes. <laughs> and I don't like him. I mean, just watching him, I don't like him. <laughs> Um, um, and that's without even knowing the backstory on him and Kevin Smith. I just if you can, I don't like if, the way he looks. Oh, our li- poor listening audience! If you could see Eugene's face when he says that, the utter disdain <laughs> and the hatred—he just seems like an asshole. He's like, I was a hairdresser, and then all of a sudden I became a producer, and now he's a. I'm like, why do you get to be a producer? Because you're a prick and with stupid ideas. Yet somehow you're. Eh. At least Superman didn't get made. At least it didn't get made, and now we've got a good Superman franchise going. And uh, part of me really wishes it would have got made because it was already dead at the time. So who the hell cares? And I would have loved to see the glorious train wreck that would have been. Uh, I don't even oh. know what they were calling it. Superman Lives or something. They were calling it something weird. But... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but Kevin Smith is great in that because I love how he just says it like it is, and he just out of oh pretty much everybody interviewed. Um, even Tim Burton, he, Kevin Smith seems to be on the level like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So they got Tim Burton for it, so, too. Yeah, he, they did, which surprised me. Yeah. They got Tim Burton, but they didn't get Nick Cage. Like, you can get Tim Burton, who is still, in my opinion, <laughs> pretty much an A-list director. <laughs> but Nick Cage, who's making he's, Left Behind stuff. He's too, he, he's too busy making the worst movies of all time to pay off his tax debts or God only knows what. Yeah. So, anyway. Oh, that's funny. There you go. Back to you. Okay. Yeah. I got one more, and then I'll be done. Uh, <clears throat> Captain America 2, The Winter Soldier. Uh, I saw this in the Dollar Theater, and a guy tried to sit in my lap. We already had that conversation, I believe. Um, and this was my first uh, viewing since that, and this was on Blu-ray. Ooh, man. I, I, I seriously... I, I seem to recall saying that this one could be up there with the best of Marvel. <laughs> oh, it's the best of Marvel, my friend. Yeah, I officially I, I bumped Avengers down to slot three, and it's Guardians mm. of the Galaxy and Captain America 2 tied for first spot for different reasons. You know, I mean, if gun to my head, I might put Guardians above it, but that's just because 
Oh, wow. It's really? Okay. Just because it's so full sci-fi and so full of Easter eggs. But as far as a... What did I tell you? The, the text I sent you the other day was just perfect. This uh, 70s, this is the best uh, 1970s spy action thriller to come out in the last decade. <laughs> yeah. Put that shit on the cover of the box. <laughs> there you go. Oh, I can't go full 10 on it, though. Maybe I'm just speculating. Maybe it, it had nothing to do with it, but all of the destruction at the very end takes place over... No buildings, no damage to any city whatsoever. It falls down harmlessly in a field and a, 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 a pond, and we're fine. So don't worry. All the massive destruction we just unleashed uh, was not... No one got hurt. You're good. Some have speculated that's a direct reaction to Man of Steel. Uh, and that's, you know, that's not here nor there. But nonetheless... You have to admit, that third act is so chock full of green screen, it's just, it, it it brings it down just a hair. You're not getting a perfect score from me. That being said, I absolutely love the movie. I still love Captain America, and my God, it was so great. I loved it. it I loved it. If you haven't watched it in a while, or since the theater, I'm I encourage to. you to get on that, because that is one of Marvel's yeah. absolute best. And and because you bring that up, I'm going to talk about the movie that I just watched tonight, which coincides with that. Um, I literally, an hour before we started taping the show, I watched Ant-Man. Thank you. Uh, in, the, in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this was literally a last-minute decision. My wife and kids are not around, so I was out to eat. And then I was on my way home, and I'm like, you know, I've got three hours before my podcast. What am I going to do? I'm like, Ant-Man starts right now as I'm driving by the theater. Go watch it. It's Tuesday. It's $5 Tuesday, so I went to watch Ant-Man. No, it was me using and the force, saying, give Eric money for the Fantasy Movie League, and I appreciate yes, it. and I did. Yes, <laughs> five bucks, heading your way. All right. Um, <laughs> you know, this... Um, I, I will say there are moments in the movie that tie in so perfectly with what is coming with Marvel and what they're planning, um, and that's great. However, uh, this is certainly not top-tier Marvel stuff for me. Probably because the bar is, like you said, the bar has been set so high with Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, Captain America 2, and Avengers, especially the first yeah. one. Uh, this one here would be uh, Iron Man 2 level. Oh, wow, that's down. I mean, not even Thor? Yeah. You're not even, not even... No, nah, I like Ugh, Thor better. Yep. Wow. I like Thor better. A lot of the comedy didn't click with me. Um... Which surprised me. It just, I personally just this is just for me. I thought that um, uh, the game, uh, the the Michael Douglas, um, Michael Douglas. So Michael Douglas to me felt a bit miscast. I'm not sure why, but he felt like he was acting. Yeah, it seemed um, like a good Hank Pym to me, but they were they were dodging some bullets with that move. Uh, oh really? Yeah. Reason being, uh, Hank Pym in the comics was the original Ant Man. And oh, uh, okay. He <laughs> uh, hit a woman, his wife, and in the comics. Okay. So they were just dodging that whole bullet by saying, "You know what? Let's just have Scott be the Ant Man. We'll just uh, the old Hank, the old uh, Ant Man. We'll just have him be the old one, and he's passing the torch <laughs> right in the origin story, and we can just move yeah. right on past yeah. all that bullshit." Yeah, they they touch briefly on him and his wife, 
Um, but yeah, it's mainly focusing on Paul Rudd, and Paul Rudd is good. And but it it feels like he will do a lot better with um, with the Avengers, especially. I'm guessing probably uh, mainly the second tier Avengers like Falcon and right. Uh, right, but Ant Man's that's what I'm talking about. It's, it's a tough property to launch because of that incident, because of that slapping thing. Everybody was going to bring it up. And it was interesting. It yeah, was so blatant and not right <laughs> and horrible, and it just was like, but "What it, the hell?" But they had to get. I, I past did. Them. I did like that. That um, uh, I, I think that, that that the fact that he is so tiny in the movie created some sort of a problem. They can't have huge spectacle action scenes because yeah. they can't. Um, yeah, it's cool to see uh, Thomas the Train in gigantic size. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious in the trailer. That yeah, was yeah, and some of that stuff is great. And the, the third act is definitely the best part of the movie. Uh, but it's still, it's not the big spectacle that you've almost come to expect with Marvel movies. Uh, but it, it was good. I, I liked it. I did not love it. But um, it was it was good. I, I, I guess with Marvel, I'm just expecting a certain thing. And this was very much more toned down. Marvel. That's kind of uh, and, that's not and, a bad thing, though. I don't know. It's not a bad thing. Yeah, but there was just a couple of action beats. Like, the main villain, I didn't think that he was the greatest actor. I'm like, ah, oh, you seem kind of hammy and cheesy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still liked it. When it was done, I'm like, oh, that was, that was good. Uh, but it's not like, oh, that was right there with no, Guardians no, of the Galaxy. I was, I was, no. I'm not expecting that kind of feedback, but... Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I feel that I feel that a, a sequel could be great. Like this was a setup movie. Yeah. This, this, the whole thing was a setup movie. So I'm curious what you're gonna think. Just I'm good. I'll see it as soon as I can. But it'll probably be the Dollar Theater. But you know. <laughs> yeah. So. It's you know and I, watching um, <clears throat> uh, Captain America two. That of course every Blu-ray has to have ads for Blu-ray in front of it. Because, you know, I'm not already watching a friggin' Blu-ray. i got to sit through a three-minute commercial on why Blu-ray is great, although I'm watching it on Blu-ray. Uh, but they uh, were breaking down the uh, core original Avengers in their original movies. It was a Marvel ad. So it's like, Thor, Iron Man, watch the original. They're showing clips from each one. And it was like, man, it's really remarkable how the first ones really are the best of the bunch okay is there anything else that you want to talk about uh one more movie that i want to touch base on because it's so good and uh you've got to watch oh, it. oh you've got that look on your face that look that says here it comes oh, oh it's... no it's it's i cannot imagine that you would not love this movie uh and it's not a horror movie um, it's actually a comedy, which is comedy is very sketchy with what is good and what is not. But this feels like an Eric approved comedy. And um, that is what we do in the shadows. Oh, no, no, no. I posted the trailer for that movie. I was pimping that movie way before you watched it. You can't even try and act ah. like you're the one that introduced that to me. Oh, hell no. That's Flight of the Concord shit. I'm all over it. The second that it comes across my my doorstep, I'm going to watch the hell out of that movie. It's it's so funny. Oh, I, no, oh it's... no, you don't get credit for this. You did not. I don't get credit no, for that. No, no, hell no. I've been following it for a while. <laughs> well, at the very least, 
just watch it. You're and which you will. Oh uh, yes, it, it's so funny. And if you like the the movies like uh, Waiting for Guffman, This Is Spinal Tap, uh, that type of of humor and that type of document. I don't want to say documentary, but just the film crew following around a group of people. It's the documentary this, vampire movie. Like. Yes, yes, there you go. It's the documentary vampire movie set in New Zealand. Um, Seems reasonable. It's so bizarro and hilarious and, oh, it's so funny. Four and a half out of five. Oh, I've I've watched all the trailers and bits and clips and everything that I can get on it. It's brilliant. I love it. That's it's every bit as good as the as the trailers because I do I watched the actually this was playing at an art house up in uh, Akron and I almost went to see it. This was a while ago back when it first came out and I almost went to see it, uh, but I I didn't. There's a like a one screen art house movie or so anyway, but it's a great movie. (laughs) I can't wait to watch it i hope it comes to netflix really bad Uh, okay we need to wrap this up because it's getting on in time and you blather on too long i I try and cut you off like uh, you gotta get to bed you know getting old yeah <laughs> uh, as always, you can get a hold of us at moviefreakspod at yahoo.com. And please visit our friends Cinema Sidekicks and Cinema Soft Underbelly, both on iTunes. And with great new episodes where they talk about us way too much. <clears throat> <laughs> Ty is wrong on everything. That being said, yes. I'm Eric Warner. I'm Eugene We'll Wilbur. see you next time. Bye. Bye.